All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Mama to Mamas. Um, I am broadcasting from my new favorite spot, my closet. And, you know, there's a lot of dirty laundry on the floor in here, but we're going to ignore it. So today on the pod, I have my best friend in the world, Alexis Archambeau on, and I will give you um, a quick blurb on Alexis, and then you are just in for a real treat because we have 15 years of friendship under our belt. Um, So we're going to get into it. So we met in college um, our freshman year, um, and Alexis and I were very inseparable um, for all those four years and beyond. But anytime we went somewhere without the other person, everyone would always ask us where Alexis or where Gina was when we weren't with each other. So that was our level of closeness. Um, And like I said, 15 years and counting a friendship under our belt. Uh, Alexis lives in San Diego with her husband and two little babies, Berkeley and Dell. Um, And she has dedicated her life to helping kids. Um, She is a former principal and now is an educational therapist and reading specialist. And you can check all of her amazing work out at alexisarchambault.com. Also, small caveat, hard last name to spell, and I will put it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds really professional. Like, I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah. I I hear that on podcasts. I'm like, don't look at those. But yeah. They sound fancy. Okay. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Okay. So thank you for being so supportive of this creative endeavor. Um, You've just been so supportive of me throughout the past, I mean, my whole life, of course, but um, the past, you know, six, seven months here. Um, I don't think I could have gotten through some of the dark, hard, low point times without you. So um, thanks for being open to having a great heart to heart and sharing your wisdom with the thousands of listeners. That we- <laughs> well, I just like that you have found this. I mean, it was only a matter of time before this started, but, um, just, you know, in the two months, you, it's amazing yeah. what it's done for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Full on happiness had to evolve into the next chapter which is totally. Mama to Mamas. Which, I mean, and there was stuff before full on happiness, you know? The sure. OG, the OG. Yeah. Blogger. Yes. Just like we- <laughs> okay, so because of our history of friendship, I thought we could start with um, just the topic of friendship. I have five or six topics that we're going to dive into today. Um, and I thought, you know, I think... Um, obviously we've been friends for so long. I've seen you have babies. I've been there with you and, but I didn't understand what it was like to have a baby and be a new mom, obviously until I had one. Um, and when you came to visit me recently, I remember really like feeling the emotion of that and feeling so sad and overwhelmed and guilty that you were in the thick of the anxiety that I was feeling, but you know, five plus years ago. So it really hit me like a ton of bricks. So I thought, you know, I wanted to just talk about, um, like (laughs) what I wrote down was, how did she stay friends with me (laughs) when I couldn't relate and, and be there for you in a way that I feel like you need to be there for new moms? (laughs) Well, I think the expectation is different. Like I wouldn't expect any one of my friends who doesn't have a kid or even some that do and experience it differently to understand what I was feeling. So it felt like there was no expectation for you as a friend to like truly and fully empathize with the situation. And I feel like those first few weeks and months, like, you don't even know what you're really feeling. And so you're just trying to process that and kind of work with yourself and your partner and your baby into, like, what the heck just happened. Yeah. And, yes, it's amazing to have friends around that know what you're going through, but it's also just nice to have friends around period. <clears throat> um, 
yeah, so I just don't think there's an expectation there that um, everyone needs to know what you're going through to still be there for you. It's more of the of the fact that they are there with you versus totally. that they know what you're going through. Yeah, totally. And that, like I remember times where you and I went to lunch, uh, you know, and it was like just getting out of the house or you would come over or whatever, you know, and it was just nice to have you around in that sense too, because I was working so much before that. I didn't even like know what it was like to take a long lunch or whatever. I don't know. So before, cause I feel like what really um, struck me was like people talked about being a mom, they talked about like how hard it could be, but like you don't really know what that's like until you have the own your own experience for yourself. So like if you put yourself back to obviously you now it's five years ago now, right? Or did you have that same feeling like, wow, like I know people who have become moms, like I didn't realize how hard it was. Like why for didn't sure. I pick up on their cues? Oh, 100%. I mean, just the story of, I mean, I think we'll get into it, but, you know, I I had a lot of high school friends have babies at the same time. So I was the last of four, right, four, five, uh, anyways, to have a baby within nine months. So I was supposed to go to this wedding when Berkeley was five months old. And I asked one of these other moms if I would feel ready to go at five weeks. And she said, 100% yes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're now RSV- going to that. Yeah. <laughs> we're RSVPing yes to this wedding. We're going to Santa Barbara. We're driving. We're doing the thing. And in retrospect, I, I was not. And she clearly what? Like, that was her experience, but she yeah. was clearly ready. Um, to do those kinds of things. So then I felt like, oh, whoa, like, am I, ha- is my experience so different from hers that I don't think I would give that same advice to somebody else? Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I want to normalize that, um, the, the idea that because I was one of the last ones to be to I feel like of a, a lot of our large circle of friends or our circle of friends to become a mom I think I guess I would want to tell and I want to tell myself this even though I still carry that guilt that it's like it's okay to not know what you don't know until you know it <laughs> it's kind of a totally way to say it but totally and that everyone's experience is going to be different and and even if you've got all the warning in the world or advice in the world, it doesn't matter. You're still going to feel it the way that you feel it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to be okay with, with that and everyone else having different experiences. But that's also super hard because then you get into the comparison stuff. Yep. And that just is follows you everywhere as mom. Yeah. <laughs> so. Your Instagram feed for, for, yeah, for, Instagram for feed for sure. Um, this is kind of, as you were talking, it's reminding me of I can't, I think it's like some spiritual teaching of something I've listened to in the past, but it was, I think it's something about like words don't teach, like life experiences teaches. And I think mm-hmm. that's so true. Like mm-hmm. the amount of words that someone could tell you about what it's like to become a mom and how hard it is that you're not going to sleep and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But tell you live it. You're not, yeah. you're not going to be, you're not going to yeah. learn it. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. This kind of dovetails us into, you know, you mentioned, you know, your circle of friends and I think um, just going through it with other moms and kind of creating a community for yourself is kind of a topic on my mind, especially because I feel like on my journey, I like something that you've inspired me with is like, make sure that you like get a circle of moms around you. And I didn't realize the importance of that, like until again, it happened to me. And I think one thing I've struggled with and I've seen, you know, my sister and I obviously are in the same boat with 
the timing of our babies. And one thing I've seen her do is do a really good job of like putting herself out there, going to mom's groups, like, you know, really just like dedicating the time. And that's something that I feel like I've turned to you guys, you know, more and like, you don't, we don't live in the same place. So definitely like not like physically been able to hang out, but you know, of course, like through distance been able to like lean on each other. So I guess for you, like, how would you, cause I remember you just saying to me, like, you know, in a night, a really nice way, like you got to get out there, <laughs> like <laughs> find yeah. some people. Um, yeah. like, for you in those days, like, how did you do it? Because I have felt very, very stuck in that way yeah. and very kind of afraid to break out of my routine, whether it's like taking Maddox with me when it's some nap time and I never wanted to be that mom, but I've become that mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I was really lucky in that I had an automatic group of new moms who I know and trust and I didn't have to build the friendship So that was really helpful, although not all of us lived, you know, two minutes from each other. We had to make the effort. I also did a birthing class and. Oh, yeah. um, And you made a friend named Gina. I did. I have so many friends named Gina. (laughs) Uh, I did meet a friend named Gina and she um, was really great about like connecting all the moms in that group that wanted to be connected. So there were like four of us that would hang out for a while when our babies were born and they were all born within the same month. So we were really like in it together and there was email chains and texts and she, I feel like I'm the kind of friend who it takes me a minute to like trust someone and like really dive in. But once someone shows me that they're committed to the friendship, then I'm like all in. (laughs) So I felt like I had a few of these people in my life at that time that were really trying, like pulling it out of me, which was helpful to me because then I would go on walks with her or, you know, go meet friends at the park when our babies are too little to go to the park, you know, <laughs> like just <laughs> do it. So th- my high school friends, this birthing class group, and then I, I have a friend, Elizabeth, who sh- was I'm very close with and her oldest is two years older than my oldest so one she has two years under her belt two she's super go get them energy get out there so I have had this model of yeah like get out there do what you want to do make friends your baby will survive (laughs) Like, yeah, you don't believe mod- well, someone will tell you that yeah. they will. You need to hear it. Yeah. The model of that. And then a year uh, into it, I joined Mops. Yeah. Um, and that is amazing. And, and um, Mops stands for Mothers of Preschoolers, for those people who don't know oh, what I mean. I forgot. Yes, that's right. And it's associated with churches. And then um, you go and then you're in like a smaller group within a bigger group. Um, And that friends were in it, but they weren't in my little small group. And so that's another place to be super vulnerable where people don't know you and your experience. And you really just are sharing um, outside of those really close friend groups, which is kind of nice, too. It's an alternative to the other ones. but I mean, as far as like what drove me to do those things, I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe I just needed it. And in those points where you do need a lot of empathy, I was willing to be vulnerable and go out there and find it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I actually like, and I still, my kids don't want to leave the house and I just want to like get out. <laughs> they don't like to leave really. Oh my, yeah, Berkeley will Well, because you're amazing. Well, plans. yeah, but, <laughs> but, still, yeah. <laughs> but still, they would prefer to be home. And I'm like, we need to do at least two things outside of the house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. There is something, well, as you're talking, the things that are coming to me are, I forgot, I just forgot about like, after living in San Diego 
you know, single and not <laughs> being in the mom phase yet, looking back at that time, like, and remembering like the things you would do. I just now like having a baby, mm-hmm. like, wow, like the community and like the setup and the infrastructure and like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's, I'm sure it's here too. And it's really about you creating it for yourself and seeking it out, which, you know, I am slowly but surely doing a little bit better of a job at. Like, it definitely feels like looking back at the, my years in San Diego, you did have such a great, like, just setup. Yeah. All the different yeah. activities and the friend groups and just, it felt like really natural. Yes, definitely. And not intimidating. I do feel right. like it's hard there's Facebook groups and there's meetups. And if I were to go on one of those cold without anybody, I don't know if I would have had the same experience. And I think that can be really hard. Well, my sister-in-law did a meetup with new moms and super brave. And she has friends now through it and they all go to birthday parties and the kids are getting three. So, I mean, it's definitely possible and a great experience for a lot of people yeah. but where I was at that point I don't I don't know if I could have done that yeah, yeah it's it really hard it's almost like date dating but as a new mom or totally, something yeah. totally <laughs> and I felt and I had to be in my comfort zone and I think for new moms out there too whether they're friends with moms who have kids that are older all good like you know, they may not remember exactly where you're at, but it's great to be around them. Or if they have a friend of a friend, I think that's more comfortable. Um, someone suggests a group to join. I think that's more comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah, it can be like you are just feeling very fragile in those like early days. So doing a daunting thing, like going to a blind meetup feels mm-hmm. like a little scarier. Yeah. But I do think it has really like strong rewards in the end. And I guess the, the second thing I was thinking of when you were talking is just like, just the comfort, even if they're like, I did go to one meetup. My sister did, a, like I said, did a lot better. She made like two really good friends from going to like, you know, the mom's meetup group. Um, and like, I guess there's just something, even if it's a stranger, you have this commonality of like, you're going, your babies are born within the same month. And so you're just going through the same things. And you might not even like, get to know each other personally at all. But if you can just like sit there and talk to someone about like <laughs> things like totally, my baby oh, is yeah. doing X, Y, Z and they're like, my baby's doing that too. Or like you just that like comfort yeah. in like numbers kind of. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think if like you have an acquaintance who happened to have a baby around the same time and you're not yeah. really friends, but like that's a relationship to explore. Yeah. Like now having kids in preschool and going to elementary school, you start making mom friends and there are people that like, it just seems easier and you just kind of lean into those friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, that's fun too. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the next chapter kind of, of like (laughs) mom friends. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, let's move on to a topic that is kind of the reason I feel like we're even sitting here <laughs> and I'm even, you know, have, I, and I even started this, you know, small creative out little project is, or out, outlet is just this idea of having a lot of anxiety after Maddox was born, something that like completely oh. took me by such surprise and, I know that you, I, you know, we relate on this so much. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably said it on here. I probably written it down somewhere, but just like, I thought I was going to be like, so chill. It's going to be no big deal as a boy mom. You know, I would like joke to Pat, <laughs> like, I'm going to be a cool boy mom. You know, like <laughs> my moms are just so cool. <laughs> and then the anxiety just like hit me like a ton of bricks. So I thought maybe we could one, I guess I'm learning and the things that I was surprised on were, you know, I thought like, I only thought there was postpartum depression. That's like kind of Mm -hmm. what people talk about more than postpartum anxiety. I didn't learn about postpartum anxiety till I probably Googled it, like after I was feeling Mm -hmm. anxious after having Maddox. Um, And I think that the other thing that's in my mind is when you think of 
those two postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, it's like you immediately think you only have it if you can't get out of bed because that's what depression is or you are having panic attacks because that's what anxiety is. But I think like, I guess I'd want to just talk about like the other things that you feel (laughs) that like (laughs) could mean that you, that you have anxiety and just like normalize it a little bit more. Like it doesn't have to be that extreme. For Um, sure. Yeah. And I think a lot, like my, I think my doctor called it the baby blues. Yeah. You know, like I don't, and I, and I don't know exactly where everyone thinks all these titles and labels fall on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like immediately being emotional. And mm-hmm. I do feel like um, having had two labors, like, my first labor, I didn't feel that connected. Not that I didn't love Berkeley, not that I didn't right. experience the situation fully. I just kind of like deer in the headlights, what just happened. And at that point, you have this new tiny human, and it's not this overwhelming feeling of love and connection. It's like, whoa, here we go. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I don't think with your first, especially. Oh my God. Yeah. And I think that kind of kicks off this whoa am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing and the worries and um and then coming coming home from that and just being very emotional like crying a lot yeah (laughs) do you feel like people told you about the crying I feel like people would be like oh your hormones are going to be out of whack which okay I get it but there was something that was different about the crying in a way yeah yeah, it felt um, uncontrollable in a way, and it also felt uh, like things that wouldn't make you cry make you cry. And I'm not talking like you see a sad commercial and you cry, just right. like really sad. Like, this isn't what I expected. I'm not doing the right things. I'm tired. But what am I supposed to do with in-laws and parents and aunts and uncles and food and I mean you know it all it just was overwhelming um uh, yeah and the tears just felt like yeah I wasn't controlling it It was just coming out (laughs) yeah yeah oh yeah Um, and like like out of the blue too like you you could be in like a totally normal moment and then all of a sudden the next moment is like you're crying yeah yeah and for me, a lot of it centered on feeding and nursing and her size. She was a little small and my milk didn't come in until at least a day, maybe two after coming home from the hospital. Um, you know, so that that was all a lot as you're actually dealing with hormone you know, craziness, like from a medical perspective. Right. Um, yeah. And then you just bring a baby home and it's, yeah, it's, it was, um, the worry and the stress of it became so real so quickly, Mm -hmm. um, and, and lasted for a while. And I remember going to that six week appointment, um, and her saying, my doctor saying, how do you feel? Do you feel, uh, I don't know if she used the word depressed or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they're checking in on you. And um, I think I opened up about feeling sad. Mm-hmm. But then that felt like, oh, that's not enough to keep talking about it. Like, yeah, okay, that's normal. And move on. And I think I was embarrassed yeah. to talk about it. Like, well, does that mean I have postpartum depression? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so like you're saying, not knowing on the spectrum where you are and feeling like, well, I'm not far enough right. to need to talk to a therapist or go on medication or come back and see you and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it all felt very real and still overwhelming. Um but yeah, not like you want to hurt your baby or you right. Bed or right, right, yeah, none of the crazy celebrity story. Kind exactly. Of 
Yeah. Exactly. Which is, I feel, what kind of maybe ingrained, like, mm-hmm. that's associated yeah. with, like, those words. And what I, yeah. what you're saying, and what I feel like is in my head, too, is it's not, it can be the subtle things. It can be mm-hmm. the worry over the feeding. It can be, it, it can be, like, the whole day goes by and you feel like gosh did I like enjoy anything with my baby today or was I just worried the whole time about Mm -hmm. like the next feed or the next nap or the next Mm -hmm. is he or she doing this you know like there's it can it can this I feel like the symptoms can just rob you of your joy of Mm -hmm. and you can feel guilty that you should be enjoying this like because it's everyone tells you it's going to be gone before you know it and but you're in the moment and you're like I I physically can't and then I also think having that comparison again to a second labor as bringing a second child home then I truly realized oh wait maybe that was more than just baby blues or anxiety yeah or maybe it's just experience and I still don't know I don't you know it's it's it is um, a mix of things, but I having another experience, I kind of realized, whoa, I really was stressed and sad and worried a lot. Yeah. Um, so how long, cause I obviously being almost seven months in, I finally feel like I'm starting to have a little bit more fun. Like I, I kind of feel like, oh, <laughs> like Maddox is going to survive. I think <laughs> <laughs> so like, and I wanted to, you mentioned the second babies and I can't wait to talk to you like just about the phenomenon of like having baby number two and how it changes you. But yeah, before we get there, like, do you remember, like, do you remember, I mean, it's so long ago now, but do you remember yeah. like when the fog started to lift or like, was there kind of a moment for you too, where you're like, okay, it's going to be okay. <laughs> well, I had to go back to work at 12 weeks. And so I, for me, it was a little earlier, like, I kind of feel like the nine week mark, it was a little bit of a turnaround for me. And those last few weeks I had on maternity leave, like I was going places by myself. I was really trying to like soak it up. Um, not that I didn't still, not that I still don't. <laughs> Thanks. Right. I got a lot of things. Yep. Um, but I do remember those last few weeks of maternity leave, not, being so sad and then at six months um there I don't I have like one clear memory but I know from telling people over and over again six <laughs> six months to 18 months I yes. really loved yeah. um just like the starting to crawl and walk and talk and they're not mean <laughs> necessarily <laughs> on purpose. Um, you know, they sleep better, they eat better. It's kind yeah. of a sweet spot. So yeah. totally. Definitely feel like I'm on the brink of that for sure. Yeah. Um, how do you think? Like, I think it was my mom who said it to me or someone when, you know obviously she's been with me in like the thick of this kind of worrying and anxiety. And she said something that was like, you know, you're going to be worried about this now, but like, cause I think I said, there's nothing worse than hearing your baby cry. And she's just like, you wait, there's going to be nothing, nothing worse than when your child gets bullied mm-hmm. at school. Or I think mm-hmm. that was her example. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess now you, you know, several years into this, how does the worry evolve over time? Like, obviously it's a very clear in the newborn days, what you're worried about, which we just mm-hmm. talked about, but like, what comes next? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's, you know, raising them to be good humans at this mm-hmm. point. And I, we talked about this recently, but this idea of childhood trauma, mm-hmm. um, and everybody has issues with their parents and the way they were raised. You could have the best parents in the world. Totally. You'll find something. <laughs> yeah. And there's something in there that sticks with you and shapes you as an adult and the things that give you anxiety or the things 
that stress you out or these really unhealthy habits, right? They kind of start then. And so I'm like, what am I doing <laughs> now? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Give. Makes you question yourself. With, yeah. But yeah. And it's, you know, these like formative years of when they're going to have a memory of experiences in childhood. Like, am I doing things the right way and clearly there's no right way and you know you can't put that pressure on yourself but that's how my worry has evolved and little things I mean like Mm -hmm. like are you telling me everything like Uh (laughs) are people saying bad words at school do you know what they mean are you do you feel safe do you feel like Mm-hmm. Do you stand up for yourself when someone's mean to you? Are you confident? Yeah. Are you assertive? But are you kind? And are you a good listener? <laughs> like, you're uh-huh. just the next, yeah. all the stuff at them all the time. And so that's really more of where my worry is for mm-hmm. my an almost six-year-old. The three-year-old still about food. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was well because I was gonna ask you like when does the food stuff go away because I feel like at the beginning it's like very much like basic survival needs worries and then right and then as they yeah. grow it can kind yeah. of become more like personality or development or you know mixing with other kids like kind of like what you're saying how they're treating people mm-hmm. okay so three but Dell it's still the it's, I feel yeah. like I'm going to keep my poor, poor Maddox. I'm just going to carry this. Like, are you eating enough? Like, like, oh, yeah. Whole, yeah. like the poor kid is just in for it. Yeah. I worry about what he eats. He's a picky eater. Even though I just learned from Dr. Becky, you're not supposed to call him a picky eater. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. And uh, I'm worried for him. I'm like, <laughs> this is such a silly worry, but. I'm worried he, when he starts preschool in the fall, he's going to pee on the playground a lot. Oh, <laughs> I witnessed him peeing in the backyard. Just this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's peed on playgrounds, <laughs> pees in the street. So I'm a little bit worried about, like, him in school being a good listener and rule mm-hmm. follower. Um, where I didn't have those concerns with my oldest. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you're saying is it will always, it will always be probably a little something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's always something. It's, it's always, always something. It's always something. Um, and in what, re- you know, I really get worried about the like habits, the behavior habits. Mm-hmm. So our oldest, she, I would put her in the category of highly sensitive people mm-hmm. um like friends aren't going to see it necessarily and teachers probably aren't going to see it but when she does something wrong or something is not quote perfect to her she gets very worked up sad and um cries or breaks down or whatever it is and that makes me nervous of like how do you really teach coping skills how do you mm-hmm. really teach that it's your responsibility to control your emotions mm-hmm. um, well she's still so little that it's totally it will come with and, age yeah. and time and yeah yeah but it gets scary when it's like the same behavior every time like mm-hmm. that's how you deal with frustration or anger mm-hmm. um, yeah so, last question on anxiety is do you I feel like probably feel similar is like we know all the tools right like right. all the tools to like help with anxiety whether it's things in the spiritual realm well whether it's physical tools whether it's like other mindfulness based tools it's so hard to apply tools mm-hmm. <laughs> with like I feel like I could do it before I became a mom but now that I'm a mom like it feels a little bit more like out of my grasp to help me like mm-hmm. ease my anxiety like I can't just meditate for five minutes I, I can't journal for mm-hmm. 10 minutes just like let myself write like a I don't have time mm-hmm. and B, I'm too tired so yeah. like <laughs> do you have any yeah. tips for the listeners <laughs> oh my gosh um I don't know it's hard I- yeah, it's hard. I feel like um, 
we have our version of a therapist, uh, yeah. you know, someone yes. that like can be real and honest with you yeah. about where you're at and what you need to work on and, um, you know, uh, something like that. I also feel like, I don't know, the self-care stuff, I have mixed feelings about, I kind of fall on the side of like, we talk about self-care a little too much, like Mm -hmm. not from that we shouldn't be doing it, but like, that's not going to cure everything. So sometimes I would be like, oh, I just need to get my nails done or, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was, then it wasn't fixed after that. Mm -hmm. Or like like, take a bath or like, it'll fix for 20 minutes, but yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but I'm still dealing with the thought, the negative thought that is returning or I'm still worried about her not eating enough like it was still there so I just it's it's all to me it's always something deeper Mm -hmm. and like you really when you have time and energy to do that that should be the focus rather than like the little tricks and tips Mm -hmm. um to get through the day but at the same time man when you need a break (laughs) totally yeah yeah I think you hit on a good point though which is and I and I feel I think this is the reason that I'm even doing this is because what helps I think for coping and managing which is exactly what you're saying is just like talking about it and addressing it Mm -hmm. because if you let it if you bury it like Mm -hmm. you know what for now it's like elite like if I don't put my anxiety out in the open like I'm gonna drown you know it's kind of that's what you're saying is like, yeah, is addressing it and being able to either get to the root of it or just like not let it fester, but like, right. like be vulnerable and admit that it's there yeah. and be able to address and talk about it and bring it to life more. Otherwise, it'll just grow bigger and bigger and bigger. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Last two topics. Um, I can't, we can't not talk about, I feel like this what I've observed especially like as you've helped me through this chapter is just like kind of the different mom you can be when you have your second like I feel like now reflecting on watching you become mom the first time versus the second time like the second time just feels like so much more easy breezy like observing you and I didn't really think about that until now like Mm -hmm. now that I'm going through this and even the like advice you give me and whether it's with the sleeping stuff or the eating stuff or just like, I mean, just everything really. So what happens when you have your second baby? Like, like I, I get like a, on a very basic level, it's like, you know, your first baby survived. So, you know, you can do it again. Like yeah. I get it like on a very basic yeah. level, but like, if you peel back the layer a little bit, like, mm-hmm. what do you think it is that it becomes easier? Well, I uh, also knew it would, probably be our last baby Mm. so for me there was this kind of idea of like okay I only have one more labor I only have one more infant stage I only have one more you know seven weeks next to our bed so I think that affected me I also do feel like in the labor process one now you know what to expect from labor so much of your first baby is like preparing for labor um that it felt like an exciting challenge and more like I'm ready for it than being so fearful of what would happen and then just that mindset shift in labor like I felt more connected to him when he was born and like Mm -hmm. so in love and immediately connected right from the start um which made it comfortable and then like you know, I slept with him on me in the hospital, <laughs> like yeah. things you're not allowed, you're supposed to do. And I don't give that advice to other people. I just kind of felt, it felt more instinctual, like, yeah, no, this is what I'm going to do. And he's going to survive. And mm-hmm. no, my milk still didn't come in while I was in the hospital, but I knew it would. And, right. Um, you know, he was bigger, but not huge. And, like, I knew he would gain weight. Mm-hmm. 
kind of how he eats now. He pretty much just eats yogurt. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you're going to survive. And almond butter. And almond butter. <laughs> Some iron fortified cereal. But like, you know, it's like it is what it is. Like you're going to make it. Um, we're going to try our best. But we're also not going to kill ourselves in the process. Um, and yeah, I just, I wanted to be more present and that drove a lot too. Mm -hmm. I wanted to truly like experience and celebrate and be in it, um, knowing I could do it. I think that's so key. Like that, I I hadn't thought of that before. Is like it just makes you savor it a bit more when mm-hmm. you when you know it is like you want to, mm-hmm. you want to be done. It's like this is yeah. Not that you don't. I mean, when Maddox first came out, I was like, I don't know if I could do this again. You know. <laughs> so you know, it could be my last. Who knows? So hopefully, I've worn. I've definitely you know want to give him a sibling. Um, I've, I feel like I've gotten out of the the, the trenches and can say yeah. that now. Um. Yeah. But I do think there is something about that idea of just savoring every last drop mm-hmm. because it's you realize with your first like how how everyone tells you how quickly it goes by, but you don't realize mm-hmm. that until you go through it. Yeah. And then it is even faster the second time. And I'm sure the third and fourth, you know, it's just like yeah. it goes faster and faster and you you kind of know that's coming. Um yeah, and I, yeah, I, I also feel like I go back to the friendship examples, and like I have so many friends that were already on two and three when I had two that it was like they were out doing things, and I wanted to be a part of that FOMO or whatever it may be. So it's like, yeah, we get home from the hospital the next day, we're gonna go to the beach. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't even imagine. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yes, with your second. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, nothing bad is, you know. I think the other thing you said that struck me, which I is probably good to talk about, is like with your first, you're, you feel like there is right and wrong and mm-hmm. things that you should do. Like your example mm-hmm. of like them sleeping on you. Like with your first, you're like, that's it's not mm-hmm. okay. That's not what you should mm-hmm. do. Co-sleeping is bad. Mm-hmm. And then with your second, you're just like, I'm throwing all the rules out the window. Mm-hmm. I'm the way I want to because I know that they're going to be fine no mm-hmm. yeah and I also feel like with the rules that I did like the first go around I was like well I'm gonna do that again like mm-hmm. I I am going to sleep train yeah before six months and he's going to cry and this time I can actually participate and <laughs> yeah. Play, yeah be the leader in it not make my husband do it yep. and it's okay like yeah but I also know that I really need my sleep and I'm not going to let him wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, so I think you're confident in following the rules that you do like. That's too. a good point. Such a good point. Because um, again, they're going to survive and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which and, is the amount yeah. of times I called you before we did sleep training, you'll just. <laughs> You'll never forget it, I'm sure. (laughs) I know. But I do, I mean, I kind of go back to this, like, birthing class. And I know, like, classes are not hip now. And I think it it totally depends on the class you take. But the woman who taught our birthing class was so amazing and just, like, touched on all of these topics that they probably don't talk about in most. Like, labor was only one class out of six. And... I do feel like that helped me a, a teeny tiny bit be a little more prepared for life po- when you bring the baby home. Yes. Um, and I just feel like if you can find that in your mm-hmm. community or healthcare system or online and social media, people that offer classes that are more like that, like practical here's what you do with your family. Here's how you nurse. Like, here's the actual position of your nipple like mm-hmm. in a baby's mouth. Then, then it's more about that, which is so much more than the labor. Yeah. But. It's such a good point. And I feel like in the spirit of the reason, I feel like I even am doing 
part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is like for the things that no one tells you about motherhood. Mm -hmm. And like, that Mm -hmm. is a really good example of like, especially with your first, you spend so much time preparing for the labor and the birth and delivery Mm -hmm. and not the after. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. finding some sort of post taking home baby. Yeah. Content class, whatever it is. I think it's so important. Um, If I could do it over again, I would absolutely do it. Yeah. Um, Okay, last question on the second baby, and then we're going to end it on a topic, the relationship topic. So do you like, so one thing that kind of bugged me um, with when I was feeling so anxious all the time was like, your baby can sense your energy. And -hmm. it's like, of all people, I know that, like, I am very, you know, obviously, you know, very into like, feeling Mm -hmm. and intuition and energy sensing, you know, and so it was really hard for me when people would tell me babies can really pick up on anxiety and sense your anxiety. And so it really bummed me out. But you know, we got through it. And hopefully Maddox is, he's fine, (laughs) even though I was anxious. But now with two, and one, being first time mom, more anxious, Dell, second, Mm -hmm. being more chill. Do you feel like they have turned out any differently because of your anxiety level, if that makes sense. Um, maybe. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, maybe. Yeah. But I also feel like um, personality is personality. And mm. Dell was always going to be a little more carefree than she was mm-hmm. um, or is. And, um, but in general, I think kids just are not, I don't know. I don't know if I really believe so much about the energy of a baby, like the baby mm. up on your energy. Okay. Like, yeah. I feel like that's more of a, a three. Okay. That's good perspective three and on like you can pick up on your energy and it depends on the personality of the kid where Berkeley's very detail focused and wants to know why I'm quiet or I almost Mm. hit someone the other day (laughs) they were in my blind spot and I corrected and she was like are you are you crying are you sad (laughs) wow she picked up on it yeah but I was like I'm not no I'm not but she expected me to be sad yeah because of clearly previous behaviors that I have that she knows but I was there's something so special about highly sensitive (laughs) totally but at the same time I was like no I'm just like sorry I just feel really bad Uh and but she expected me to cry or maybe that's what she would have done I don't know so um I think there's an element of uh, there's themes in our life that our kids are going to pick up on no matter what their age is yeah. but yeah. they're going to care more depending on their personality yeah that's so, such a good perspective that makes me feel better for all the for sure worrying I was doing <laughs> yeah and I think as long as we can like be an example of coping like we have this anxiety we have this worry clearly I'm a hypochondriac and COVID is still an issue for me mm-hmm. like but I want to be the best example of coping and dealing with that as can and not try to project it onto her specifically Mm um but yeah yeah I think I think a a eight-week-old baby is all good if you're a little bit stressed (laughs) (laughs) okay I can love that maybe maybe not everyone agrees with me but (laughs) okay last topic and then you're we're gonna end on our magical three questions that we've been asking every guest. Um, the last topic is relationships. And I wanted to talk about this with you specifically because I feel like, you know, along the journey of my journey in relationships, I've always just admired you and Brian's, you know, dedication to your relationship, your ability to learn and talk about hard things. You're the, you know, I was, I told you before we started recording, you know, you were the one who, told Pat and I when we first started dating to get the book, the tough or the hard questions, Mm -hmm, I think, mm -hmm. um, where it's just, you know, that just is an example of like what type of 
relationship that you guys have or you value is important is like talk about really hard things with your partner before you decide you want them to be your forever partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I mean about like just really have always looked up to to you guys. So, you know, I think um what I've learned thus far is like, and people tell you like having baby will like change, change your relationship. And like, sure, I got that. But like with everything becoming apparent, like you don't really get it till you go through it. And um, I feel like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like your love changes, like your love is always there, but like love starts, you added a little tiny human into the mix and your relationship has to evolve as like your life and like your dynamic evolves as you add mm-hmm. kids and babies and et cetera. Like love might look like, you know, like washing your pump parts at like every night at 1030. Whereas before love looked like, you know, staying up till midnight, like drinking wine, like on the mm-hmm. back porch, you know? So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, I, there's just so much like your, your relationship has to evolve. Even if you don't have kids, like it's just totally. different chapters of life. And so, yeah. Yeah. I'm lear- I, mean, I feel like Pat and I are just in the thick of learning about how to, you know, continue to cultivate this deep love that we have. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just curious, um, you know, what do you feel like is, what helps you mm-hmm. get through all these kind of different chapters of your relationship with yeah. adding kids into the mix? Like, I know you mentioned, I, um, obviously your version of therapist, James, but like, so that could be what you're going to talk about, but like, you know, what is, what do you feel like it is as you evolve with each other that keeps you going and keeps you connected? Yeah. Well, I think it's even changed within the years of having kids. Like originally uh, when Berkeley was like four or five months, we started doing a date night once a week. Uh Uh-huh. We need to instill that. Well, I mean, okay. So if we're going to be real. How long did you keep that up? I felt like you did it for a while when we I was We did there. it for a while. We stopped for financial reasons. Um, it was getting expensive to like, and we yeah, weren't. Like trying all getting, new uh, Encinitas restaurants every, totally. every month. I mean, yeah. We can't tell you the last time Pat and I spent money on going out to dinner. Yeah, we weren't being creative. <laughs> like we were literally just going to a nice restaurant yeah. every week. <laughs> And to be honest, like they kind of turned into more like venting sessions mm-hmm. which weren't always good because part of the time I would end up crying and we'd come home mad at each other. Like, so I don't always, you'll hear that, that date nights are the solution. I don't always think a date night is the solution. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think everyone is going also through their own personal stuff while they're having kids, jobs, and in our case, health issues. And it's all a lot. It's Mm -hmm. a lot to be um, putting on your plate at the same time. And I think what it really comes down to overall is like the idea of empathy and Mm -hmm respecting your partner and trying your very best at the hardest moments to not um, jump to conclusions and judge and really try to kind of see where they're coming from and, and um, how to, you know, be a better partner in that moment. Um, and I think Brian's so good. He's so calm and um, yep. I would be more likely to jump to an emotional place and be angry or sad or whatever that he's a good reminder to me to just like, okay, we got to, we got to go into this in a calm way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, you got to, still do stuff for you too like we know I you know wasn't so kind to the self-care stuff but like at the same time to be a good partner mm-hmm. you got to make sure that that you're still taking care of yourself yeah in that relationship um 
Yeah. And I, I mean, we've been so, we haven't been great in the last year to COVID with dates or vacations. And I, I do wish we had a little bit more of that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's also nice to have a, we're pretty similar in how we want to discipline and being right. on the same page with kid related issues. Um, so we don't have a ton of tension. Yeah. When you have to make those hard decisions. Yeah. Yep. It's just so important to have that that foundation. I feel like one one thing I was thinking of what you said when you were talking is like um and how Brian is really calm. I feel like Pat is really similar, except if I say something that like offends him, you know, <laughs> which is which I don't mean to laugh, but like parenthood really can be triggering. Where oh, you can yeah. Especially yeah. in those early days where yeah. you're learning how the other is operating as a parent. And with when you're a warrior, have anxiety, you want to control mm-hmm. everything. And so oftentimes your control can manifest as like an outburst or as like a, mm-hmm. why are you doing that? Or, yeah. and you really have to cultivate that calm and that patience mm-hmm. and you have to give each other grace, like, and empathy, yes. like you said, when you're you're learning yourself. Like you have no idea what you're doing and you know, both partners are just doing the best that they can. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the beginning, yeah, is, you know, you're not putting them to bed the right way. You're not yeah the right clothes on. You're not feeding her the bottle, the right, whatever it is. Totally. And I, it was so easy to say that. Yeah. Then I learned how easy it was to not say it. Mm, you know great one yeah like you just let it go <laughs> yeah. yeah um they they are good like they yeah. can do it um and again it will not be the baby human will not be ruined if a bottle <laughs> yeah served tilted at a wrong a, angle a yeah. different way <laughs> yeah it's so true. It's I think I think of my conversation on here with my sister. We talked about a piece of advice that someone gave us is to like let your let your husband or let the your partner parent the way they want to parent. Like do mm-hmm. not try to micromanage because mm-hmm. like it's their way and they deserve mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. they deserve to parent the way that feels right mm-hmm. for them. And mm-hmm. so anyways, I thought that was really good advice. And I think I think, you know, everything you said about the different chapters is so is so important um and you know i feel like one small thing that we do is you know every week we, and i think it's helped us like in this chapter like it helped us before kids but even with kids like even if we're not doing date night yet dates date night yet or you know other little things i know we could be doing like every week for at i think it's sunday night we say like okay here's what i appreciate about you this week and what you did for, mm-hmm. for, for our family and like that's one small thing but it you know it really gets us through so I think awesome. yeah I think that's great I, I I think our Brian and I have a good foundation I think there's also a lot more we could be doing like I definitely you know think that um the words we use with each other can be kinder and more mm-hmm and encouraging Mm -hmm. so I think there's always room for more well um you could whip out the tough questions like I did last night (laughs) you guys have answered uh, 800 times over every topic in that book I'm sure (laughs) but uh this sounds really podcastery I'll put it in the show notes what the book is (laughs) We're bringing it full circle. We're ending with show notes again. (laughs) Okay. uh, Here we go. We're going to end on the three questions. Um, I already sent them to you. So if you had some time to noodle, um, we'll end on that. And just, I'm so grateful that you spent, uh, well, what are we at here? I should have, I was like a lot, 45 minutes. Now we're like at an hour and you're not even a speaker. So, (laughs) Okay. What is one thing that took you by surprise or you feel like no one ever talked about that you learned with being part of a mom? 
Well, I'm going to take it back to like early mom infant stage. And I always say that nursing is the hardest part Ugh. of being mom. We need to normalize this. I think if they could do one thing with mom and to mamas, it would be to normalize <laughs> the breastfeeding conversation and how hard it is. And it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, like I said, in that birthing class, I got a little hint that yeah. it wasn't going to be the way that I thought, but yeah. in my mind, you put a baby on your boob and yep. they ate yep. as much as they want. It'd be so easy and comfortable and sweet all yep. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And they're going to feed and it's natural and that's what you provide as a mom. And that's, you help your baby survive and should be easy as that. <laughs> yep. uh, and how hard and emotional and confusing that all was in real life. Um Especially the first time around was no joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's really hard. <laughs> Couldn't be more in agreement with that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Speaking of being back to the early days um, of bringing home Berkeley, if you could give yourself one piece of advice to that first time mom version of yourself, what would it be? Well, I feel like it's really basic, but they're going to grow and they're going <laughs> to sleep. Like, they will. They yes. Will sleep. My Brian, my husband has um, a joke. We took a red eye one time to Florida and Berkeley was just under two, I think. And um, she did not sleep well and we got there and I was very frustrated and very upset. And he was like, what do you think? Why, why are you, what's the worst case scenario? Like, why is this so bad? And I was like, cause she's never going to have that sleep again. It is gone and lost in space. And, just like, <laughs> and you can't recover that. So we still have this running joke that like sleep is gone and disappears and you can't get it back. <laughs> um, and also just, like everything is a stage kind of like yeah. the advice that your mom gave you it's like it's all a stage and it yeah. but it always continues and you just need to chill out <laughs> yeah yeah I was thinking the other day how like if I could tell myself something it would be like naps are developmental like you're gonna <laughs> freak out about 30 20 30 minute naps think you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. and it's ne- they're never gonna get longer and you're a bad parent you're not mm-hmm. doing the routine right mm-hmm. you're you're missing the wake window you're missing mm-hmm. the tired cues it's all your fault what I would say just like you said like the sleep thing like naps are developmental and they're like don't worry about it yeah. <laughs> well it's you know so sleep is a theme for me and my family and my kids and a source of anxiety for me for sure. And when my kids moved to big kid beds, they were not good about staying in there. And Berkeley, I don't think slept in her bed without coming in our room or grabbing one of us. We didn't let her sleep in her bed, but we had to go back to her room with her, her whole three year old year. But at four, great, back to it, never comes out, sleeps in her bed the whole night. And so when Dell was like two and a half and started doing it, I was like, it's okay. It may last a year. It may be a whole year of Mm -hmm. me walking him back, doing what to do, sleeping in his bed, whatever. But it's all a stage. And as long as you keep, if you really want them to go back to your bed or you really want them to eat something, like you just got to keep going. Yep. All stage. Yep. Well, such a good, such a good reminder. Um, okay. Last one. If you could sum up motherhood in one word or phrase, what would it be? I felt like this was a really hard one. Really? And yeah. Nothing I, just like came to you like in the moment. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not very romantic and it's, it's not, um, to be. yeah, it, I just chose the word constant. Well, that's good. That is good. It is constant. You never, you, because, you can't go back. Yeah. 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 One that is, I don't know what I thought pre-kids, like my life would go back, <laughs> I don't know. but it's always forever. And you know, it's like constant love, constant worry, constant yeah. logistics, yeah. constant um, feeding. <laughs> Constant. Yeah. but it's 
there's some really great lovely constants and there's some really hard um, yeah. forever constants so yeah. yeah love it that's a good that's a good one not boring I like it <laughs> okay well I just so I'm so grateful that you just wanted to hold the space and have this chat with me I'm like just it makes me so happy and I'm just so grateful so thank you for all your time what are we at an hour and 16 minutes my goal is 45 minutes here we go oh my gosh sorry people out there who listen to this if you if you made it this far we love you yeah exactly thanks all right thanks for tuning in guys um we'll see you on the next episode of mama to mamas bye